I want to welcome you all to my podcast. Here's Spiros McGarris. So today I'm very excited to be speaking with Frank Keller from PayPal. We'll be discussing how large enterprises can improve their payment methods to drive revenue and grow their business. I'm particularly excited to dive into authorization rates, false declines, and the tremendous impact it can have on your business. I want to thank PayPal for sponsoring this episode. Hi, Frank. Uh, I'm happy to have you on my podcast. I know you're from PayPal, but I would rather have you talk about um, your role and responsibility at PayPal. And then I will ask some questions that interest me and hopefully a lot of my viewers and listeners. So Frank, what's your responsibility at PayPal? And tell me a little bit about yourself. Sure. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm uh, at PayPal. I'm in a global role. I lead the enterprise and merchant platform segment for PayPal. Uh, So I'm basically in charge of a number of products that are catered towards large mid-sized customers around the globe. Uh, I've been with PayPal for 11 years, started off uh, in Germany. So I think uh, us speaking German is what we have in common. Um, And indeed, yeah. and uh, yeah, so pay- a lot of people think about PayPal as uh, the yellow button that everybody knows, our two-sided network where consumers love to pay on the internet, uh, which is caters really 400 million customers, brings them to merchants. But we've been expanding our products uh, quite a bit. And uh, so my team is not only in charge of the checkout uh, solution, but also payments processing. So we do payments processing for large uh, to to small customers around the world. We have a product called Braintree. Uh, We do payout solutions. We have a product called HyperWallet. Um, We we offer the return solutions. We we made an acquisition in the US uh, called Happy Returns where consumers can drop off uh, their purchase goods they want to return in store without packaging, just bring a QR code, get the money back immediately. Uh, and, and merchants can lower their costs. Um, and uh, yeah, then this is my pro- basically my product portfolio. I also um, have the all the payments teams that support all of our brands at Inc. Um, that's basically what I'm doing. Before I joined PayPal, which was in Germany, I was leading the market before. Uh, I had two startups in Berlin. Uh, and as a fun fact, I'm I'm an engineer by education. So I got a PhD in software engineering. Uh, perfect. You know, I love the fact that you had your own startups because I had my own startups as well. And um, But I love that because that basically you can relate to both sides, to, to the big uh, corporates as, mu- as much as to the smaller uh, startups, which also use your services. You know, what do you think are the critical areas of concerns for large businesses and their decision makers, you know, from your perspective? Yeah, I think right now, um, every executive I talk to is, is, is worried about inflation, is worried about consumer demand, the compression of consumer demand, um, potentially even going into a recession. I think in Europe, we're very close to that situation giving the, the high energy prices and so on. And so there's a lot of pressure uh, on, on everybody to keep delivering results, um, potentially even cutting costs. I think that that's top of mind for everybody. And what, what we're all worried about is as we have to think about, prepare ourselves 
for the situation, how do we keep the customer experience going in, in a nice fashion, not negatively impacted? And so I think there in, in these times, people need um, to, to find ways to deliver an improved um, performance and good experience without having to invest um, too much, right? And the, a good way to do it is to, to rely on partners. And that's one of the, the things uh, I and my team are doing, which is helping customers to find ways to, to really drive um, better customer experiences. You know, and that's something, I mean, in my space, in the FinTech space, uh, I mean, you're also FinTech, you're like uh, one of the FinTech players, you know, uh, that's all about customer experience, you know, at the end of the day. And uh, Something people, I feel like a lot of companies think payment is a cost of doing business, but payment is much more than just a cost of doing business. And I basically, uh, in Europe, I got some research, uh, I did some research on PayPal, uh, some, I read some of the recent researches you did, and I mean, PayPal wants to be an organization to view process not as commodity, but something that as you mentioned to drive business to drive growth you know it's it's not just i buy something it's done you want to enable both sides of the spectrum from customer to business one better customer experience but also for business to do more business and you know one thing analogy you guys use is you know it, you're not a, just a plumbing you know a payment process in plumbing uh, but you are an enabler and here comes an act, actually my next question is, I mean, how does PayPal solution become an enabler for, for those companies to, you know, can you elaborate a little bit on this? I think a lot of, cost, uh, uh, a lot of companies put, put a lot of effort to get visitors, right, on their side. Um, and which means you do marketing, you invest into your website to have a great experience, uh, you you make sure you have the right inventory or if you're digital service, the right content. And then your customer, your visitor is on your side and wants to buy your service or wants to buy the goods. And then in the end, they can't check out or they can't complete the transaction. And, and that's where the breakage happens, right? Um, and we are offering services from the well-known branded network that we, I talked about, the PayPal button. We also have uh, Venmo in our in the US in our in our portfolio. Pay with Venmo uh, is a, is a, is a way to engage more younger generation. Um, then buy now, pay later. We've been scaling our buy now, pay later solution a lot uh, recently, which means especially in times where money is tight for people, give them more financial flexibility. Um, and for merchants, uh, uh, you can offer that within our wallet. You can offer it as a separate payment option. Um, again, minimizing drop-offs throughout that journey to convert a, a visitor to really a customer. Um, then our processing solution is around the globe, If, if uh, especially very large merchants that are going to more geos, to more use cases. Um, often they need more partners to integrate. They need to deal with specific partners that can cater to different regions. And what, what I've seen is that that complexity is very costly to manage, very hard to manage uh, because uh, uh, retailers, they want to focus on their business. They want to sell stuff 
for their customers. They wanted to provide the right service. They're usually not payment experts. And that's where we can come into play. And there, there's a concept called orchestration where you deal with one partner and you can facilitate the services behind that. And that's kind of what we are going, what we're doing is hide that complexity of payments, which can go into a lot of minutia from our customers uh, and be the one, one partner to work with. Um, but our portfolio goes up to marketing solutions. We, we have PayPal, Honey, for instance, where um, we are using our 4 million customer network around the globe uh, and get offers of retailers in front of them and drive more traffic to their sites. So as you can see, PayPal by now is way more uh, than just a button. Um, it's, I mean, processing. It's, it's everything along the, the customer journey around actually the transaction. You know, uh, you mentioned some things, uh, you know, some things I knew a little bit, but some, of course, uh, I didn't know directly since I'm not a customer of yours uh, as a startup. But uh, yes, you seem to leverage, uh, you leverage uh, the offerings you have to enable your customers to do more business or even to get ideas for, as you mentioned, buy now, pay later. And um, the thing I've read as well is something that... Uh, this called false declines during payment transactions. And mm -hmm. there seemed to be something that uh, there's, a, there's a study, again, uh, I want to mention that there's a statistic that 44% of false decline consumers either stop or reduce shopping with that retail of declined transaction. I mean, this is like uh, something you mentioned before. This is something crazy, you know, uh, and my own experience, you know, if something doesn't work, it's not a good experience to pull out another credit card or another payment processing uh, way, but uh, it leaves a bad feeling. I just speak as a consumer, but uh, I guess uh, the question I have, you know, in that study, obviously it's bad for everyone. It's bad for the consumer who gets a feeling, but it's also bad for, for, for the merchant who will lose might lose a customer who you know but my question on this is you know what's your view i mean from you know you guys have it done to a science what's the impact on on customers when they decline and why should companies try to avoid it feeding at any cost yeah I, I think you hit on, on, on a very interesting thing. Internally, we call this good user decline. So it's so it's not the fraudster, right? So we want to keep the fraudster out. So now yes. first wants to buy something, credit card in front of you or whatever payment method, and you're ready to buy, and then you get a decline. And you say, why? I don't understand. And um, if, if, if I make a, a, a comparison, this is like um, you're asking somebody out for a date, right? You convince yourself it's a good idea to talk to that person. Uh, you ask out for a day and you get a no. How do you feel? Feel pretty bad, right? So it's like, damn it. Um, and probably get a bruised ego, at least I, I would. Um, and um, so, so that's very similar. So the customer made a decision, let's say Halloween is coming up here. So here in the US at least. Um, and and you, you need that dress, right? For your kid. Uh, you, you, you found it finally, kid had the wish, you found it, you wanna buy it, boom, click, get a decline. And you don't have the, your next uh, instrument ready, right? You don't know, you need to call your issuer and so on. Um, and that leaves a big, uh, a, a big challenge for, for the customer. And what happens is you probably turn away. You either go to a different retailer 
um, or you never sometimes never come come back again. And and that is why this is not just a factual breakage. It's also associated with the retailer's brand. Uh, it, it is perceived as something that retailer did wrong to me. The, the reality is then, if you look at the compli how complicated payments work, right? That there might be a very different reason for that. And uh, we've we've developed methodologies to really um, get those false declines uh, eliminated uh, as much as possible. Uh, you can't completely eradicate them, uh, but there are ways to get much better. Uh, and that's what we're specialized in. We're quite fanatic about this. You know, I mean, uh, to, to give our audience also, I mean, uh, a better picture, I mean, those declines sometimes are caused by protecting them, you know, in terms of to protect the merchant and the consumer from fraud. But obviously, uh, sometimes those algorithms, uh, you know, punish the wrong people. And you seem to be very good at not punishing the wrong people, you know, the wrong consumer, you know, and to, to get this transaction done and, uh, you know, to make everyone happy from consumer to merchant. You know? To, to, to be, I mean, please, this please. is... This is really immediately hitting your top line, right? You've done everything. You've done your marketing. You've done your site optimization. Everything got the right goods. And now you lose the sale. Um, so, so this is really not only hurting your customer relationship. This is really hurting your top line. You know, uh, you have a lot of, I mean, everyone knows you have so many customers. But could you talk about maybe some of the big customers, you could talk about it and how that, uh, you know, optimization of uh, uh, of avoiding these false declines help those big uh, companies to drive revenues and, of course, also uh, keeping their customers happy. Yeah, so, so the metric we look at is authorization rate. And if you compare... Our average authorization rates with the market uh, average, we're around 600 base points above that. Um, I, I can give you actually some examples. So we're working with very large customers. We're working with startups, as you said. So I want to give you some examples. Spotify, for instance, mm -hmm. a digital uh, service, right? Um, we all love. Uh, Wish.com, uh, uh, retailer. So um we, they saw 250 basis point improvements by working with us. Airbnb saw 140 basis point improvement uh, by working with us. Um, a, a great example is an, an, a healthcare app, their behavioral healthcare app called Better.me, um, Better uh, and they've actually seen a 6.4% improvement of their overall approval rate. And that translated into a product conversion rate almost doubling. So that is for a startup critical to get, now you've attracted finally people looking at your app, want to try it, buy your service, which is key, right? And now doubling that conversion rate, converting them into buying customers, getting your paid product adoption up is so key. Uh, so these are examples. So people might ask, so, how the heck are you guys doing that, right? And uh, we have a lot of AI, ML, machine learning models uh, that help us doing this. This is really a, um, a, a game of how, what you do when you see a data. First, you want got to figure out, is this a fraudster, yes or no? 
because if it's really a bad guy, you want to send them away. Uh, you don't want to incur any cost related to that. That's where our um, whole risk models uh, come along uh, with very sophisticated risk uh, risk engines that can turn bad customers away. So now you have a good customers. Now you need to think through, how do I get the transaction done? And we have very sophisticated retry logics that even if the first uh, transaction got declined or first try got declined, we find ways to retry those transactions through other ways, route them other ways, uh, enrich the data fields that are passed along to the issuer uh, in a way to get this transaction through and finally to convince the network and uh, slash the, the, the issuer that this is actually Spurs who wants to buy Halloween good, right? Um, and, and that's what we're doing. There's another tool that we've applied very successfully, which is called tokenization. So tokenization ba basically means we're not passing on the, the 16 digit um, card number that's imprinted on your card. We're um, creating a, a, a cipher for that. And, and that um, code is then sent uh, and used on, on behalf of the card. Why is that important? because it protects the customer. If your card gets stolen, or we, we can always, also always keep that data fresh. So if you get reissued a new card, it is available on all of our customers immediately, right? So you don't have to re-enter you as a consumer, you don't have to re-enter that card data. We protect your identity. Um, and these are things that normally people don't think about when they uh, do payments. Right? They just think it's a plumbing. Uh, I just need a, a service provider who can accept payments and then I'm done. You need somebody who really understands these technology advancements and the global intricacy of, of our business, which is which payment method are relevant in which market? Um, what, are, what, what about cross-border business, people buying from overseas on your side? Uh, how do you best do that with the least possible declines? I must say, I mean, I use PayPal and I, I always, when I use PayPal, I don't want to advertise PayPal now, but it gives me a feeling of safety, I must say, for, for whatever reason. So basically you build a brand that over the years, the, I mean, that's how you grew as well to give people uh, a way of uh, feeling safe uh, to do, to buy something online. I mean, and uh, and also the customer experience is, is quite frictionless. I mean, which, which, as we know, to make something frictionless and work well, it's like it takes so much behind the scene. I mean, the less friction, I mean, it's like you watch Federos or somebody beautiful playing tennis. If it looks easy, it's a lot of hard work behind it. I mean, it's always like that. And, uh, and the easier it looks, the harder it is. But I must say, I mean, we have to also say good things about our industry anyway. And you, you did and you do a great job, you know, of optimizing. And it's probably very hard to do, you know. And you mentioned something interesting. Um, there's, a, there's a study uh, from, actually a meta study from Baynard Institute. Um, and they show, I was shocked when I read the number uh, that close to 70%, I think 69% on average of customers abandon their cart, right? On mobile, it's even worse. It's 80%, close to 80%. 
Uh, and and you mentioned safety and security. That's one of the key reasons, right? There are a lot of reasons why people don't then complete their order, but safety and security is, is an issue. Do people feel safe on your side, right? Returns is an issue. Uh, payment declines, not having the right payment method. All of these come together. And as you said, we're working really hard internally, but also with our partners, with our retailers to make sure that it seems effortless, that it seems frictionless. It's all about how do we keep you safe and make it frictionless? Uh, and that's what I'm like after 11 years, you might ask why I still have PayPal. That's what I love is making things super simple for the consumer and do the hard work all behind the scenes. I know do a great job at that. Is there anything you would like to add? I think as a summary for me, um, which is probably top of mind for, for, for many of the listeners, is in, in, in times of a tough economy, in times where we all need to be very efficient, um, think about the levers that you have that don't cost you much to do, right? Work with partners like us to drive uh, conversion rate in the end, to, to harness all the work you've done. And I think if you just get your decline rates down as a very simple, small thing, you rely on a partner, you get a 2% improvement on your authorization rate that can drive millions of dollars immediately harnessing all the work that has happened before. And that's actually a lever in checkout that a lot of people overlook uh, because they think, oh, I've done all the work. But that last step translates a visitor to a customer for you. And I think uh, all startups, companies should look at those numbers and, and I mean, after our podcast and say, okay, where do we stand? And uh, I think uh, in this difficult market we, we're in, condition for whatever reasons, uh, there's several reasons we don't have to repeat here, I think if the numbers don't match those expectations and what's out there, what they could, how they could improve it, this should switch. People often, you know, they, they hang with some partners. They should not be together anymore. But I think uh, these difficult times we're in and difficult times to come, you should work with the best partners. And I think, uh, no, it's easy to say that you are probably one of those players that uh, people should consider. I think, uh, I mean, me as a CEO would definitely compare you guys with what I have. I mean, that's all I could say. I mean, it's not even selling. It's just, you know, in this market, you can afford not to work with the best. So Frank, thank you very much for being on my show. And uh, I hope we stay in touch. And thanks again, PayPal and Frank for elaborating on what's possible. Thanks, Pierce, for having me.